1: tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare it's the game of roses welcome to the game of
0: roses this is the game of roses welcome to the game of- my mission for after the final rose is very 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 simple allow my white brothers and sisters who have watched the show and fell in love with matt's story to understand that matt's love story and his journey of love is different than other journeys of love particularly because of his complexion and his skin color
1: welcome to game of roses this is pace case
0: This is Bachelor Clues,
1: and it's Thursday,
0: so you know what you're about to get this week in Bachelor Nation. At some point in this very show, Pace Case and I are going to descend into the bottom of the pit, and we're going to discuss how this show is affecting our lives. At some point before that, we're going to talk about all the parasocial plays that have been happening around Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all the different social media platforms that our beloved players find themselves on. And at some point before that, we are going to give you Bachelor Nation news. But before any of that, we are going to start this episode as we start all Thursday episodes where we talk about some larger piece of news out in the world, and then we relate it to Bachelor Nation because we know everything in existence is related to Bachelor Nation. This is a segment we call Game of Roses. state of the world world. this week saw a huge media event a woman named Oprah Winfrey sat down for an interview with a man named Prince Harry and his wife a woman named Meghan Markle you might have heard of all three of them this interview which aired on CBS Generated 17.1 million viewers. Just for some context, an average episode of Bachelor this season is somewhere in the four point high nines to five point low ones and twos. So this thing had three times the viewers of any average episode of The Bachelor, a much bigger event. And of course, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are much and Oprah, they're all three far more famous than anyone on the bachelor ever will be. This interview, as I'm sure many of you know, at this point was important because Harry and Meghan Markle have left the Royal family. They have renounced their titles and their position within the family. They no longer work for the family in terms of media appearances and all this kind of stuff. And they're living now in Santa Barbara, supposedly using their own money They have no security from the royal family and they're kind of going it alone. And the interview was primarily about what that has been like for them, that transition, and why that was necessary. And all of this crazy shit came out in this interview. Meghan Markle said there were conversations had about the skin tone of their baby and what that would look like for the royal family. For those of you that don't know, Meghan Markle is a person of color and Harry is not. And no members of the royal family currently are. So this is a very different thing for them. Uh, They discussed how the tabloids in the UK covered Meghan Markle versus Kate Middleton when she married Harry's older brother. And William. There you go.
1: (laughs) I haven't watched this interview, but I have been catching up on some of these facts since I didn't know much about the British royalty, but I now know William and Harry are the brothers. I'm not
0: huge into the royal family either. I just kind of know the surface level stuff, but this interview was obviously important because they talked about all this crazy shit, the, the racism basically that exists in Meghan the world. Meghan Markle family.
1: also talks about how she was suicidal at one point, talks about how this affected her mental health.
0: And that the royal family offered her no help when she asked for it, because that is something that is kind of verboten, that you can never show any weakness, et cetera, et cetera. But it also was about how the media treats Meghan Markle versus Kate Middleton, and how the media generally treats the royal family. And this idea comes out through Prince Harry of being trapped by the firm or the institution, which is the kind of... Uh, business governing body around the royal family that gets them money. for powers that be. It's it's exactly that. It's the producers of The Bachelor. And the kind of one-to-one comparison here is that the royals are basically players in that reality show of the royal family. The producers are the firm, the institution. And this is obviously how it relates to Bachelor. So we're not going to have to do a big preamble about that. (laughs) It's this idea of fame and what it will do to your life if you don't play the game right. And there was even a moment in this interview where Oprah, where the interview with Oprah cuts to just some clips uh, of different media coverage of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry getting married. And there's a person in it who says she knows what she signed up for. Sleucine, Sleucine protocol. protocol. And this idea is now out there that to be famous... Part of that, knowing what you're signing up for when you're either going into the Royal Family, going on The Bachelor, going into any media arena where you're going to achieve a public audience, or at least that may be a a byproduct of it. It's this idea that the backlash that comes with that should be accepted. You know what you're signing up for. You're going to get fucking ripped apart. And is that worth the fame or whatever the perceived benefit of doing this thing is going to be? And I just found that fascinating because I do think we're at a time in media history, specifically with social media, where the impulse of people who follow each other on social media, especially famous people, especially people like the royal family who seem to have perfect lives and never have to fucking worry about anything. The impulse is to find something and tear them down, to use their fame against them in some way. And I I mean, that's been here since tabloids really began. You know, decades and decades ago. But now I think because of social media, it's just, it's at an all time high that attitude about fame. And the idea of like, is that what you're signing up for? Do I mean, not that you're signing up for it, but like, should you know that and accept that that's just a part of it? Will it ever change?
1: How do you change it?
0: I have my theories about how and why it will change in the very near future. And that involves social media moving to a kind of basically non-human subjects. I don't think real people are going to be making social media for much longer. I think they will be AI avatars.
1: Every state of the world ends with clues being like, well, we're uploading into the computer anyway. So. Hey, look,
0: this is all I'm saying. <laughs> Many of the predictions that you know we make about the bachelor are true and it's because Mm -hmm. we're looking at social media and trends and how things are moving in media culture all of my other predictions about where we're going technologically aren't just me being crazy i see technologies in place and i can see their future outcome i know what's going to happen this is going to be that everybody on tiktok and instagram is going to be an ai generated person that is not real and so then who do you get mad at
1: so then those dms are just going into the ether The angry and racist DMs.
0: Or it's like you're not even going to be aware of people to be angry at because your whole feed is going to be filled with people you fucking love that don't exist, who are having interactions with you. It won't even be parasocial. It'll be real interactions with these AIs. Kind of like that movie Her, if you ever saw that. That's pretty much a dead-on...
1: Yeah, I loved that movie.
0: That's coming. Get ready.
1: I just read an article about a woman's experience going to a... Live Yoga with Adrian show, and how she really wanted to take a picture of her, and then realized, like, wait, this is crazy. (laughs) I couldn't have identified with it more. (laughs) I was like, yeah, can't meet your heroes. Can't look Adrian in the face and realize she doesn't know who I am.
0: Here's the beauty of it when you are Mm -hmm. 90 years old, there's going to be new Mm -hmm. episodes of Yoga with Adrian every day for you, and she will never age. She will be the same. Her dog will live forever. She doesn't already. I'm, I'm just saying eventually the real Adrian's going to die. She's timeless. But the AI avatar Shut will your not. your
1: fucking face <laughs> right now.
0: Sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Oh my God. She will God. live forever. She'll be the only immortal human.
1: How dare you?
0: My apologies. Oh
1: my God. Um, No, I did not have time to watch this interview. I did Ingest a lot of memes and reactions to it. My favorite thing to come out of it was that Pierce Morgan has been fired for his reaction to it, including saying that he didn't think that Meghan Markle was suicidal. And then I saw somebody brought up this clip of him talking about how he was hitting on her and then right before she met Harry and then she ghosted him. He's like, I got ghosted by Meghan Markle. I was like, ugh. Terrible. Terrible man.
0: At a certain point in the interview, Meghan Markle says, you know, she is very involved in all of these kind of women's movements and she's very outspoken when it comes to these things. But within her, within the Royal family talking about her own struggles, she was silenced or she was silent. She says, and then Oprah says, wait, Mm -hmm. you were silent or you were silenced. And that moment to me was also very similar to bachelor, especially what we saw this season with ABC telling Rachel Kirkconnell, you cannot release a statement until we figure out what we're doing. It's exactly the same as what is happening to the Royal family, where it's like Meghan Markle wants to come out and say, Hey, this is shitty. I feel bad. And the firm, the institution around the Royal family is like, no, fuck you. You can't say anything. And this idea of once you have that fame, You are now beholden to the people that give you the fame, to the people who maintain it, and they control what you say, how you react, at least in a public sphere.
1: By the way, Matt James live tweeted this whole interview, and one of his tweets, this is on March 7th, quote, says, were you silent or are you silenced, end quote, Hmm thought that was interesting maybe an indicator maybe an indicator also being silent
0: (laughs) he's basically saying like uh (laughs) hi i know what you're going through yeah
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and again ultimately i think we move away from real people on social media within the next probably 10 years i think that'll be kind of a critical mass type thing because you'll have the next generation under gen z coming in and once you have a generation who's kind of born into a system where it's like oh well 50% of the most popular avatar or 50% of the most popular social media accounts are avatars. Then it becomes 75, then it becomes 100. And then it's just like nobody's. What's the point of uploading social media when there's all these other AI avatars who are doing it a million times better? And they're directed exactly at your interests.
1: But I mean, people follow people they know in real life.
0: That'll be a secondary kind of thing. And that will be that will be completely devoid of the, I need to find old tweets of this person so I can tear them down. That kind of public life of real people on social media is not going to exist in 10 years.
1: Time will tell.
0: Indeed. It shall. But uh, that's the state of the world. Where we're at with the nature of the cult of celebrity and what fame is as kind of a hardcore religion to us as a society now, and it gives us these heroes that we put up on huge pedestals, only because we want to fucking destroy them. That is the nature of fame in a contemporary society. And our bachelor players know that better than anybody at this point.
1: I don't think that all people who put them on pedestals want to destroy them. I think they want to worship them. And then some people want to destroy them. Sure.
0: And and it's similar to like politics. If I'm worshiping this one and you're worshiping that one, well, your God is not as good as my God. Or I guess it's similar to religion, you know i'm christian you're not you're gonna burn in hell mm-hmm. and you need to find some way to denounce the reality that somebody else is holding as true because that means if there's is true yours can't be and so you're necessarily putting these adversarial roles and the way to combat that on social media now is you fucking find somebody's old tweets or whatever the the case may be you tear them down in some way leave mean comments what have you
1: i don't know we'll see <laughs> that we will We shall see. (laughs) Thank you
0: for indulging our state of the world. We hope it has been informative. And now we are moving on to the next segment of our show in which we talk about all the movements on Instagram specifically of the players from this season. This is
1: This Week in Games. As you know, we are charting the ratings of the show in the Instagram gains of all of the players for this season. So let's jump in. The 10th week of Matt James's historic season delivered coverage of the last round of playoffs for the remaining three players. They put on their best chemistry games and left it all in the fantasy suites in a final attempt to claim their place in the last row ceremony of the season. This display of love level raises and exploitative conversations with estranged parents pulled in a 1.25 in the key demo of adults, 18 to 49, up about 11.5% from last week's 5.08 million total viewers, which was up a little more than 8% from last week. So the ratings decline has been halted at least this week, and we are expecting big numbers, possibly season highs, next week for the three-hour extravaganza that includes the two-hour finale followed immediately by After the Final Rose, which will be without Chris Harrison for the first time in 18 years. Instead, Emmanuel Acho will be delivering hosting duties in what is sure to be a memorable event.
0: Now, let's talk Instagram gains of the season 25 players and we're going to start with the bachelor himself. Matt James, his gains are now in a steady decline. He was maintaining a 30K per week bump for most of the mid-season, but last week his gains slowed down a bit to 19K, and this week the Gears seem to be grinding to a halt with a 13K gain, which leaves him at 955,000 total Instagram followers with only next week to get another significant increase. We know the next Bachelorette is going to be announced at After the Final Rose, which will immediately divert all attention from James and likely freeze any significant Instagram movement for the foreseeable future. Can he pull off a 45,000 Instagram follower gain in the finale? It is possible. The first three weeks of this season saw James raking in numbers well over 50,000. Can he capture that early season magic once again and become only the second black player in history to enter the one million club behind last season's bachelorette, Tasha Adams? We are all hoping he can.
1: And now for the top five Instagram follower gains over a one week period from the last recording, March 3rd, 2021 to today, March 10th, 2021, coming in with the gold medal. Abigail Herringer. She hasn't been in the game for weeks now, but somehow managed to wield her parasocial power to take the top spot this week with 39,000 new followers. We can only assume this was, at least in part, due to her inclusion in the conversation for the next Bachelorette. Whatever the reason, Herringer now claims 446,000 total followers, which is an incredible base for Paradise where we expect big things from her.
0: Bree Springs just narrowly missed first place this week with only 1,000 fewer new followers than Harringer. With a 38K bump for her indulgence of James camping date and her flawless fantasy sweet swan song performance, Springs now sits at 219,000 total followers and will very likely be joining Harringer on sand this summer.
1: Third place this week belongs to the teach from Medina, Minnesota, Michelle Young. Her impeccable first fantasy suite play brought in an impressive 23,000 new followers, boosting her total up to 196K. She will almost certainly cross the 200K threshold next week in the finals, and we are very excited to see her join this club.
0: Serena Pitt maintains a spot on the board this week in fourth place as she's still drafting off the fumes of her self-elimination last week. Pitt hauled in 18.8 thousand new followers, putting her at 110k total. Not a huge number for someone making the final four, but hopefully she can add to it in paradise.
1: And rounding out the top five this week, Katie Thurston packed on another 17,000 new followers bringing her total to 440,000 Instagram followers. Impressive gains for an almost flawless women tell-all hot seat.
0: Other notable gains include Rachel Kirkconnell. Her gains have slowed down, which is unusual as she moves into the finals, but they have not disappeared entirely. She added 12,000 new followers this week. And Chelsea Vaughn put up an impressive 11.3 thousand new followers this week for reasons
1: that are unknown
0: to us. But congrats to her all the same.
1: Smallest gain crown this week goes to Sonny St. Clair. The night one girl lost 100 followers, dropping her total to 13.1k. There was some very interesting movement in the top five chart this week. Even with a slowdown in gains, Rachel Kirkenell managed to remain on top with 483,000 followers.
0: But the next two positions switched from last week. Abigail Herringer leapfrogged Katie Thurston to take the number two position with 446,000 followers, and Thurston was demoted to third place with 440,000.
1: New York socialite Kit Keenan is holding strong in fourth place at 314K, but... Sarah Trot has finally given up the 5th place spot to Bree Springs at 219000 Congrats to Springs on her impressive move onto the big board.
0: And that wraps up this week in Gains. Now, we are going to move on to all of the biggest news stories that happened this week in our beloved nation. This is...
1: Bachelor Nation News. There has been a large spoiler related to production in the Bachelor Nation universe. It is regarding the next Bachelorette. We are going to be covering it as our first item of Bachelor Nation News. So if you want to skip this, I'm guessing it'll be about five minutes.
0: And just to let you know, I generally don't consider things about revealing things about the next bachelorette or the next season of shooting i generally don't consider that to be a spoiler that's just kind of news to me spoilers to me have to do with gameplay and how far people get in the game how and why they get dismissed but just to let you know a piece of this news is associated spoiler of the finale it's (laughs) yes yeah so just to let you know if you want to move ahead the first item of bachelor nation news is that
1: a spoiler even saying that
0: (laughs) I don't know. Look, we're doing the best we can to tiptoe around this. If you don't want to hear a possible spoiler about things in Bachelor Universe, like just skip ahead. But if you're okay learning about uh, the next Bachelorette season, feel free to listen. But it was a huge piece of news. We must cover it. We are obligated, and we will be doing so right
1: now. And it will be announced at After the Final Rose. So skip ahead now to avoid this vague thing we're telling you about.
0: (laughs) And now, for those of you who have braved the spoiler zone and you are still here with us, the first item of Bachelor Nation news this week involves the next Bachelorette. As this life-altering season 25 of The Bachelor is winding down, the news about the next season of The Bachelorette is already heating up. Reality Steve has once again confirmed that Katie Thurston will be the next Bachelorette with her season beginning to shoot in a few short weeks in New Mexico. But there is more to this story. Reality Steve also reports the the next bachelorette is also known the one after katie thurston and it is this is the spoiler michelle <laughs> young that's right for the first time in history two bachelorettes have been named simultaneously young season is set to start shooting immediately after paradise this year and it will air in the fall. So if you thought you were going to get a break from the game after Paradise, think again. There is no uh, uh, uh. escape from The Bachelor this year. 2021 wall to wall Bachelor at all times. And Michelle Young is our next Bachelorette. Pace case. Look. What is happening here?
1: <laughs> I realize that this decision that they've made is essentially both sidesing the crown pick. And this is going to give us, personally, less of an off-season to recover from everything that we go through in being uh, hardcore journalists in Bachelor Nation. But I am so excited for this lineup. We've got Katie Thurston, a free spirit archetype crown, followed by... Good girl, professional archetype, Michelle Young. I can't wait. I can't wait. I think they're both going to do an amazing job.
0: Now, supposedly, the reason Michelle Young was not just given the crown instead of Katie Thurston was because she didn't want to leave her students. And so shooting later this year is going to fit into her teaching schedule, supposedly. That's what the party line is.
1: Very for TRR.
0: But what is this going to do to her season? In terms of its ratings, will it be a popular season? What is this going to do to the next Bachelor? Because now you're going to have a pool of Claire and tasha 's guys, Katie's guys, and Michelle's guys, and Tyler Cameron. He is in that pool.
1: Wait. Oh, for next Bachelor. The hugest pool ever. Also, will Michelle's season be shooting directly after bachelor in paradise could there people could there be people on bachelor in paradise who come on to michelle's season that's what i would say would help the ratings sure it's Get possible some vets in there
0: but that season's going to be airing in a strange off cycle that usually never has bachelor content so i think people are going to be less likely to watch
1: i mean agreed
0: i know we need a break from this i can only imagine even just a casual viewer is like jesus didn't i just watch bachelorette so in some ways, I feel like they're shortchanging Michelle Young a little bit here, but happy she's getting the crown yeah. nonetheless and getting that opportunity. And, and that at least experience. it's a
1: full season. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like what they did to Tasha. but I agree. The fall airings don't seem to have the high ratings that we get. And it, there's so many different variables. It's like, what is going to be the state of COVID at this point? Mm-hmm. I don't know. She
0: might be the first non-bubble season. And I think that would I mean, actually that affect might help. ratings yeah. positively. Yeah.
1: If they can domestically travel.
0: But it at the very least, I mean, say what you will about the motivation and all of that shit. At the very least, this is another lead of color.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Another lead of color announced in sort of a jammed in way. Matt James <laughs> random Instagram post. Tasha emerging from the pool mid season and now Michelle Young as the after the final rose curveball announcement.
0: I'm not saying they're doing okay. it right. Yeah. I'm not even I it clearly seems like they're doing it as like a oh shit, wait a minute, we're gonna get flack for Katie Thurston. Uh yeah. Michelle Young too. Throw her in as 100%. well. That is definitely what it seems like. But, I mean, at least they're doing that, I guess. Like, they could have had no other Bachelorette.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely a way to cover their asses. It's a way to maybe get Chris Harrison back hosting. Because the look of a season, of just a normal season, being Katie Thurston and Chris Harrison back, it's not a good look.
0: Can you imagine Chris Harrison hosting Michelle Young's season, though?
1: No. I think she should come out and fucking... She should just issue an ultimatum right now. Just do it, Michelle. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, fucking my God. Fucking tweet it. <laughs> not yet. Uh, wait until the official announcement that you are also going to be well, a bachelorette. Well, yeah, right. After, after... As, as soon the as that airs. airs. Tweet as it, Michelle. As soon as it airs. Live tweet, tweet it. it.
1: Say, I will not be silenced. I will not be crowned if Chris Harrison is there.
0: Here's what you should do. If you're listening, Michelle, and we, we know you are listening because you followed so many of our strategies to get this crown. Because you're so good.
1: Yeah.
0: 100%. So here's our advice. Here's, here's literally what you should do. As soon as the episode airs, I believe on After the Final Rose, you're going to be announced as the next, next Bachelorette. You just say, so excited to be the lead of this franchise and step into history with Emmanuel Acho as the host of my season. Just put it out there on Twitter as though it's real and it will have to be made real.
1: Oh my God. I love that.
0: You can control this. Players can control the game, especially ones who are in positions of power like a lead, a bachelorette or a bachelor. You now have the time that is needed in front of this for them to deal with that and make it real. If you say it is real, it must then be real. And just pretend like it is. Manifest. If it. the producers are like, "What? What are you doing?" All you say to them is, "Yeah, didn't you tell me Emmanuel Acho is going to be the host?" <laughs> and when they're like, "No, we never said that," and you're like, "I'm positive I heard you say that," you just pretend like it's real, and they will have to make it real.
1: And we will support you. We will. <laughs> we will just report that he's the host as well. We'll be on your. Let's team, do it Michelle. right now. Let's do it right Michelle, now, Michelle. Yeah, you know what. I can't wait for this season. Michelle Young as the lead, Emmanuel Acho as the host after his brilliant performance on After the Final Rose. This is the new era that we asked for and we deserve from Bachelor Nation.
0: Next up in Bachelor Nation news, (laughs) Emmanuel Acho announced as the host of Michelle Young's Bachelorette season. We can't wait to see what Acho brings to the table.
1: Gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) We can future cast as well. (laughs) Podcast future casting. I love this. This is a great experimental parasocial strategy, and I do think it would work. How do they recover?
0: They are so painted into a corner with everything going on in the franchise right now. Yes. They can easily be painted into a very specific corner if you want to put them in that corner, Miss Young.
1: (laughs) And honestly, Katie Thurston can do this play as well. Uh, Maybe a joint play tweeted at the same time. Katie Thurston's a little
0: tougher because she doesn't have the lead-in of time. They're shooting that season in like a week and a half whoever right. the host is like that those contracts are signed true. all that type of shit they're already quarantining or supposedly but michelle young has months she has plenty of time for them to make true whatever she says on the internet
1: but they can't have him come back for one season and then step down again
0: totally can come back for a season and retire ask michael jordan if you can do
1: that is that what he did <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> I'm just saying he can come back and be like, "Look, but I was you're still laughing in a way
1: that makes it sound like I should probably know this.
0: <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan had a very interesting career when he was a basketball player, and yes, he did come back, he went to go play pro baseball for a little while. A bunch of stuff went down, but I'm just saying that I think Chris Harrison could come back, do one season and be like, I'm going song. out on my terms. Now I'm retiring, so that it's like he didn't get pushed out. He retired. It was okay. He rehabbed.
1: DLH, we know you're listening to this as well. This is a beautiful thing for you. You're tired. You've been doing this so long. Go out on your own terms. Support the future of this franchise moving into a new, more progressive era. Show that you've been listening and learning and get in that council, not cancel culture in you. (laughs) And then just
0: go live a nice life in Texas where you get into state politics and help to uh, assure voter suppression laws remain in place.
1: The dream. (laughs) Anyway,
0: (laughs) I know we said Uh, 10 minutes. People have fucking come back into this. How long did we say 10
1: minutes? All right. So we are going to be ending the spoiler zone now. Apologies. There's, you know, a lot to talk about and an experimental strategy we just came up with that hopefully will be implemented By whoever the next crown is, because now the spoiler zone is over. Speaking of voter suppression laws, our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves Jordan Kimball. He's in the news this week. The self-proclaimed mayor of Paradise has taken to Twitter recently in strong defense of Chris Harrison retaining his hosting duties for The Bachelor. Many believed his staunch support of Harrison was an indication of his right-wing political views, and this week those views were confirmed, as Kimball himself tweeted out the announcement of his new position as an ambassador for Turning Point USA. From Wikipedia, Turning Point USA, TPUSA, or Turning Point, is an American right-wing organization that advocates conservative narratives, on high school, college, and university campuses. The organization is known for its quote unquote professor quote unquote professor watch list, a site that exposes professors that TPUSA claims discriminate against conservative students and advance leftist propaganda in the classroom. Academic faculty listed have reported receiving threats and harassment, including death threats after being added with some professors being added for any mention of race or politics, including in academic publications. The Anti-Defamation League has reported that the group's leadership and activists have made multiple racist or bigoted comments and have links to extremism, including white supremacy. According to the Chronicle of Higher Education, TPUSA has attempted to influence student government elections in an effort to Combat Liberalism on College and University Campuses. Turning Point is funded by a cohort of conservative and right-wing donors and foundations, including Republican politicians. Kimball joins Eyes Garrett Powell. This is the end of the Wikipedia. <laughs> Kimball joins Eyes Garrett Powell and James Taylor as openly right-wing members of Bachelor Nation, who have also served as Turning Point ambassadors. Kimball tweeted last week during this controversy It's Monday, Chris Harrison is still the host and humble servant of BN and all is well, 3 It was very reminiscent of me, for me, of people tweeting Donald Trump is still your president kind of thing
0: That's what it is It's the same thing You choose this side or you choose that side. Chris Harrison represents a side in bachelor nation, the fucking racist side, which strangely enough aligns with right wing American politics. And so it is all the same thing. I mean, we've said that since the beginning of this fucking podcast that like all these things (laughs) are tied together, the NFL bachelor American politics. And this is just another reflection of it, an echo of the American political system as it cascades through bachelor nation. And, jordan kimball now finds himself (laughs) firmly on the right side of it not the correct side the right side (laughs) next up taylor nolan finds herself in the news this week as she is possibly facing real world consequences for the damage caused by the resurfacing of a large number of old highly offensive tweets Nolan is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Washington, and the Washington State Department of Health has received a high enough volume of complaints related to Nolan's old tweets that it has begun an investigation. This doesn't necessarily mean any punitive action will be taken, but a representative for the Washington Department of Health noted, not all complaints lead to us opening cases. But if charges are filed as the result of this investigation, it could mean a suspension or or revocation of Nolan's license. We will continue reporting on the story as it develops.
1: Speaking of revocations, Huffington Post is in the news this week for laying off 47 employees in the wake of an acquisition by BuzzFeed. In an attempt to move the company back to profitability, the new owners axed several employees and shut down the HuffPost Canada office. Among those terminated were the staff of one of our fellow Bachelor Nation podcasts, Here to Make Friends. The hosts Emma Gray and Claire Fallon also regularly wrote about The Bachelor for the Huffington Post, including a piece last year that was the best coverage written about Easy Mwachukwu's sexual assault allegations. We hope everyone who is involved in putting together the Here to Make Friends podcast lands on their feet and continues putting out the expert-level Bachelor Nation podcast coverage we've come to know them for very sad to hear of this news i totally agree
0: with you and this is part of the growing pains of what we have long predicted would happen and it is now happening that there is this giant body of bachelor nation journalistic coverage in the form of many podcasts people writing about it for various publications books coming out all manner of youtube channels et cetera. Et cetera. and you know these were journalists working in the same field we do and it's always shitty to see that as our kind of weird sub industry of coverage of Bachelor Nation is expanding, you know, there's going to be people losing jobs. And uh, they were really doing fantastic work on that podcast. And yeah. certainly the stuff they were writing for Huffington Post was like, I mean, it was some of the most important shit being covered in Bachelor Nation. Some of the best writing that, mm-hmm. that was out there. So we wish them all luck and uh, we hope that they make it through this troubling time. OK, speaking of troubling times. The Ides of March fast approaches. Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news involves PP. Last year, (laughs) ex-Bachelor Peter Weber and his fifth-place finisher turned serious girlfriend Kelly Flanagan hinted that they had a story to tell about the nature of producer manipulation on season 24 of The Bachelor. PP issued a series of comments on one of his own main grid posts back in September of 2020 that read, there's just so much more that no one knows about yet, so it'll be good to get it out. And one was simply the date, 31521. That date is Monday of next week, the one-year anniversary of PP's finale. What the information is and if he will actually divulge it is unknown, but it seems the producers are actively muzzling players more and more aggressively this year. Jed Wyatt recorded a podcast in which he presumably outlined how the producers manufactured a story of his infidelity, but that podcast disappeared days before it was scheduled to be released, amidst rumors of legal threats from the producers themselves. As if Monday wasn't going to be monumental enough, if P.E.P. and Kelly break their silence, it could go down as the most important 24-hour period in the history of The Bachelor.
1: I... Was so excited about the Ides of March. I really hope that we are still going to get whatever this great reveal is. I know a lot has changed since PP made this declaration deep in his comment section. But we will be covering whatever it is that PP and or Kelly come out with on Monday. By the way, I have noticed just on the internet that PP has become a normal way to refer to Pilot Pete, Peter Weber. It's just no explanation needed. It's just the lexicon now.
0: New York Times is calling him pee
1: <laughs> Okay, it hasn't reached New York Times yet. <laughs> it will. Look, I'll
0: tell you, there are like two dates that I am anxiously awaiting this year. Mm-hmm. One is in June. Uh, the 180-day period is up for the CIA, the DOD, The Pentagon, the Navy, and the Air Force to release all their UFO information. And number two (laughs) is the fucking Ides of March. I'm closely watching these dates, waiting Mm -hmm. for what is going to come out. And I hope PP still has it in him to deliver this information to us. But we will see. We will know on Monday or thereabouts. I know Kelly Flanagan is supposed to be on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, Off the Vine, in the next week or so. I believe. Maybe she's going to spill some stuff there. I'm not sure. I don't know what PP has in store, um, but that's it. It's Monday. Their NDAs are up. They can say whatever they want.
1: What's coming? What's coming next week? PPT. Speaking of important dates on the calendar, as we close our Bachelor Nation news, we have a few birthday wishes. The greatest crier the game has ever seen Ashley Iaconetti turned 33 on Saturday we hope she and Jared Iaconetti had a nice celebration and happy birthday to Ivan Hall the first player to issue a parasocial ultimatum regarding Chris Harrison's return to the franchise turned 29 on March 8th happy birthday Ivan
0: and that is all of the bachelor nation news for this week now we move on to a discussion about all of the play that our players are doing off the field on their various social media platforms this is the
1: parasocial play 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 of the week for some
0: good plays this week starting off we want to highlight heather martin She posted an Instagram story. On the screen of this story, she has posted a question that somebody asked of her. Were you at the Women Tell All? In the (laughs) video we're watching, she's sitting with her back to the camera, watching a TV screen that has the Women Tell All playing on it that is a similar shot of her back to the fucking camera, long blonde hair cascading down the middle of her back. She then turns and smiles to us Bachelor Nation. This was the perfect parasocial play to pair with Heather Martingate. The only thing that would have made it better is if she had posted it to her main grid. But she's letting us know in this, like, oh yeah, I was at the woman till all. That was me. Sly smile. We still don't know what's up with that, by the way. There's rumors that she's dating Matt James and shit now because Matt James' mom is liking her posts.
1: I won't be tricked by Patty. I've said it before. (laughs)
0: I just don't feel like this story's over. This post from her, this parasocial play, made
1: me feel like something's going on here. We'll see. Speaking of, Bachelor Matt James. Our 25th Bachelor posted an artistic running video to his main grid this week, where he is running in a bucket hat down an empty road. The caption reads, running reminds you that even when you're weak... Note there are two spaces between your and week so this has been edited. You're strong. Marathon training has begun. Shaka emoji. He stretches and he sings I got to find peace of mind, the soundtrack of this video. He runs down several streets and then he takes off all his clothes except for his shorts and the bucket hat and jumps into the ocean. This video loops perfectly which we just learned is great for engagement. The video was shot by Brown Bear Visuals, the man behind the camera for all of the quarantine crew's work. It has 377,928 views and 912 comments. Brown Bear Visuals is upping his game. This was beautifully shot. I felt inspired to think about maybe running for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? I I think brown bear visuals has been a little hidden away. I think when he was primarily working with Tyler Cameron, he was not doing his best work. And I have to say, I think it might be because Tyler Cameron is just shitty. He's like bad at being a subject of these videos. He's like, hey dude, I'm just going to sit here and eat some steak with no shirt on. Mm, Why don't you go ahead and shoot this? I don't think he takes direction or has any kind of creative ideas. Matt James in this video is fucking acting. I mean and it's good he's like okay yeah get me i'll be running down here the sun will be back here get a slow-mo shot of me like falling into the waves and brown bear i think you need to stick with matt james because this is a good fucking video and it's gonna up your fucking game and if i may brown bear if you're listening you need to start a little media company who does this shit for all of the bachelors and bachelorettes i think you could be making a shitload of money off that
1: shooting TikTok and Instagram videos?
0: Yes. For the top 25,
1: basically. He's got the talent. I also love that this is highlighting Matt James's beard, which in my mind is a protest beard to the show.
0: The next parasocial play we want to highlight contains a bit of a spoiler. It's the same one that we issued a warning against in Bachelor Nation News. So if you don't want to hear about this, skip ahead maybe two minutes. (laughs) And the spoiler begins now. (laughs) (laughs) our first next bachelorette katie thurston posted an instagram story of a screenshot of a facetime between herself and chelsea vaughn she wrote a caption two grown-ass women who had different opinions and still respect one another imagine that at chelsea vaughn and i have moved on please do the same heart emoji in the top right is a gif international women's day and the song run the world girls by beyonce plays Incredible parasocial play, putting to bed the rivalry that came up during The Women Tell All and setting the stage for what is going to be a magnificent run as Crown.
1: Squash all those second audience beefs before your reign. Our next parasocial play of the week goes to... Rachel Lindsay, she returns to Instagram after her hiatus from being driven off of Instagram by racist and threatening comments and DMs. She marked this debut by posting an image of sunflowers to her main grid. The caption reads, I want to be like a sunflower so that even on the darkest days, I will stand tall and find the sunlight. Three sunflower emojis. This post has 112,289 likes and 5,800 comments. We welcome back Rachel Lindsay to the main parasocial world of The Bachelor right now, Instagram. And Joe Park
0: had an interesting parasocial play this week. He maintained his parasocial relevance with a perfectly toned comedic charcuterie board video complete with a picture of Brie Springs attached to a piece of Brie cheese. We see what you did there, Joe Park.
1: It's simple, but it's effective. All of these were amazing plays. But our Parasocial Play of the Week winner goes to Matt James. Our current Bachelor issued a three-part Twitter thread about his conversation on The Bachelor with his father at the time of this scene airing on the East Coast on the Fantasy Suites Dates episode. Quote, tonight's convo with my dad was hard to, and we did already cover this in our game breakdown, but it was our winner. Quote, tonight's convo with my dad was hard to experience, and it's just as hard to watch all this time later, especially knowing the world is watching me, watching with me. Just wanted to say that too often we see dangerous stereotypes and negative depictions of black fathers in media, and they have consequences when presented without context. Post the link. All I hope is that people watch that conversation with nuance, care, and also an understanding that there are real systemic issues at play. I'm so proud of myself for being vulnerable. I'm so proud of my mother. I wouldn't be who I am without my dad. That's a fact. The link is to an article by The Opportunity Agenda called Media Portrayals and Black Male Outcomes.
0: It starts... From the perspective of most scholars who focus on the topic, there is a clear causal story that links media representations of black men and boys to real world outcomes. The story can be summarized as follows For various reasons, media of all types collectively offer a distorted representation of the lives and reality of black males. In turn, media consumption negatively affects the public's understandings and attitudes related to black males, sometimes including the understandings and attitudes of black males themselves. Finally, These distorted understandings and attitudes towards black males lead to negative real-world consequences for them. Matt's first tweet has 12.1k likes. While not calling out The Bachelor and ABC directly, this does present an indicator that Matt James is not happy about the portrayal of his relationship between himself and his father that ABC chose to air.
1: A A parasocial move like this is a brave move. It doesn't seem like this was, you know ordained by the producers (laughs) and for that reason it's got to be the winner
0: even if it was I mean I don't know what Matt James relationship is like with his producers now did he send this to them and say hey I'm thinking about tweeting this or did he send this to to them Mm -hmm. and say hey I'm going to tweet this I'm just giving you a heads up I don't know did he just tweet it without telling them anything I don't know these are fascinating things that I will think about until I die probably but the fact that he did post it, that he did tweet it. I think we're seeing more leads, more players in general, start to be okay with voicing their opinions and their feelings about how the show is treating them, representing them, how they're portrayed, the different edits they're getting. And it's just a matter of can the producers silence them or not? And it seemingly is more and more looking like they cannot And that makes a better game.
1: It's definitely a bad look to sue your first Black Bachelor for speaking about race.
0: (laughs) Well, is it a bad look in 2020 or
1: 2021? Oh, God. Oh, God. We did have a post that we would like to highlight that sometimes we have in this section. We had a parasocial creature of the week. Happy birthday to... Becca Kufrin's corgi, Minnow. Kufrin posted an image of the creature wearing a pink party hat and a pink kerchief reading Minnow, sitting in a chair next to some cupcakes with candles and the number two on them. Kufrin wrote, And just like that, we've entered the terrible twos. Happy birthday, Miss Minnow the corgi. You've made my life and heart so full. I don't know what I'd do without your ear kisses, morning snuggles, and vocal sass. Keep peeing on every bush you walk by, baby. The world is your oyster. Pink Sparkle Heart emoji. Minnow got 23,864 likes on this post and well wishes from Big rich and Kenny the Boy Band Manager. Miss Minnow has 38.9K followers herself. For context, Pappy, Deanie Babies and Kaylin Miller Key's dog, has 26.3K followers. Katie Morton's dog Bear has 2.9K. And for some baby context, Glitter Baby 2021 is still at 18.2K, but the Lion Twins are at 248,000 followers. Will the Lion Dyke Twins join the 300K Club before their simultaneous parasocial and secondary world debut in June 2021? I think yes.
0: I think so too. I think the more pregnant... Lauren becomes, the higher that number will get. Alessi, I think, is sitting around 340K, right?
1: Little Alessi is at 360,000 followers. So they got some ways to climb. And just
0: for even broader context, Cristiano Ronaldo sitting at 269 (laughs) million followers, and he posted an image this week of himself holding the moon which was an advertisement for his fragrance line. It has 4.6 million likes.
1: A little bigger than Minnow.
0: But that does it. That's the Parasocial Plays of the Week, and now we have come to that time in this show when Pacecase and I descend far deep into the depths, the darkest crevasses of the very bottom of the pit where we issue our screams about how our continued coverage of this show is affecting our lives. This is...
1: Scream
0: from from the Pit! pit.
1: My Scream from the Pit this week is a follow-up of last week's Scream. I talked about how last week's Bachelor Nation events had negatively affected me and decided to indefinitely stop running our Instagram account, which has been lovely. (laughs) But I would like to acknowledge that I did receive a bunch of very supportive DMs from the pit to my personal account which I greatly appreciated um I feel like I've come out the other side and you know I the the volume of positive messages vastly outweighs the negative the pit provides
0: the pit provides safety Pit provides support. Oh, the pit uh-huh. provides all you need.
1: <laughs> Thank you, clues, ah, my <laughs> for that. I guess message of support. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. That's not really or, a scream. That's yeah.
0: fantastic. That's a celebration. Yeah,
1: I mean, screams can be positive.
0: Sure, we witnessed that in season sixteen of The Bachelorette with Jason Jason and Claire screaming into the night about their demons.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I exercised my own demons.
0: A short and sweet scream is a valuable scream nonetheless. My scream this week involves a level of guilt that I feel about not creating something. But it has to Uh do with DLH. From time to time, we will receive digital gifts in the pit. People will throw down these beautifully crafted presents for us down at the bottom of the pit to basically just say thank you for putting on this show, for creating the pit, for maintaining the community. And we appreciate these things incredibly. One of them was a cameo you might remember of Nick Viall saying some phrases about the pit. And I took that mm-hmm. footage and I made a little song and I made a music video of Nick Viall saying these things and did weird shit to his voice to make it kind of musical. That video yeah, is on our Patreon. You can see it if you like. I enjoyed doing that. It was very fun. Cut to a few months later, some incredible members of the pit Saw fit to get us a cameo of the Dark Lord himself saying certain phrases that are pit related, pit adjacent. And I always meant to make a song for that and cut it in a similar music video, just like I did with Nick Vial. Mm-hmm. But now all of this shit has happened with DLH and the work required to make one of those videos. I mean, it's hours just sitting there looking at different syllables, facial movements, whatever, just staring at this person like I did with Nick Vial, which of course was not a problem. A joy. (laughs) But to do it with DLH, and then even to put out that video, like I don't want to see that video. I don't want to make that video. I don't want to fucking stare at his face. I don't want to present him in a way that is like a joke or funny in any Mm -hmm. way or make him cutesy, which is what this video probably would have done. And I feel guilt about not making it because I feel obligated to do it. But I just want to say, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to swallow (laughs) the guilt deep down until it disappears or becomes a part of me at an intrinsic level. But I do want to thank... Yeah, that seems healthy. Everything's healthy. I do want to thank uh, all of the members of the pit who sent this video. I appreciate it so much. And I wish that I could turn it into the thing I see in my head. But I have to let this one go. Yeah. This scream for me is a—it's an unburdening of this responsibility that I felt to make the Dark Lord Harrison music. Yeah, you've video. been <laughs>
1: holding on to this for a while.
0: Uh, just a couple of weeks. I mean, I thought that I had time to do it. I didn't know that he was going to become what he became, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "Oh, it was, that video's first thing on my desktop when I open up my computer. It's right there. I see it sitting there, waiting to be cut apart." And after all this stuff with DLH, I was just like, fuck, am I really still going to make that video? I had a little song in my head playing. I had what I was going to do with his voice, you know, I just hadn't done the mechanical practical aspects of it, the, the real work yeah. of it yet. But I had done the creative work in my head and now I'm just like, it's only ever going to exist in my head and that has well, to be maybe okay. you can
1: use that, maybe you can use that creative work for a different one. How do you mean? You know, use that same song, use something you were going to do. For a different person. Hmm.
0: Maybe. that. M- maybe. I don't know. It's pretty specific to like what he was saying in the video.
1: Right? <laughs> sure. Um. No, I really, I appreciate everyone sending us that as well. It, you know, it's a, a truly stunning thing to witness the Dark Lord using our phrases.
0: But again, I just wanted to extend my thanks to everybody in the pit who sent that cameo, and also issue my apology that I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do it. I just don't know what the circumstance would ever be where I was like, okay, now I can definitely cut this cameo into a music video that will be funny about Dark Lord Harrison.
1: Dark Lord Harrison has met with his counsel. He has quit the show. He is doing the work. He becomes a BLM activist. And he, he gets H.R. 1 passed.
0: I'll do it on the day that he dies. That's when I'll release it.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> if
0: he can die. If that's something he is capable of doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think you've got you to gotta let it go. There's room for more beautiful art to be created from the new Bachelor Nation.
0: Indeed. And I will continue to do that. Later this week, I will have out my hooju breakdown from Fantasy Suites. There was a surprising and disappointing, almost zero level of Hoojus, but there is one that needs to be analyzed, and I will do it. So look out for that. But that's it for our Screams from the Pit. And that's it for our entire episode. Thank you everyone for joining us for this week in Bachelor Nation. It has been a pleasure. Huge news, obviously. If you skip past the spoilers, you don't know what it is, but if you listen to it, you do know what it is. And we have a huge episode coming up this Monday night with the 2-hour season finale, followed by the 1-hour after the final rose where big announcements are going to be made. We will be covering all of that the following Tuesday, so please join us again. And as always, before we go, what is the dwab at?
1: It has been 6,925 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Rachel Lindsay.
0: Please rate this
1: podcast. Please review this podcast. If you are a wine lover like myself, and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences – I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both Rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends.
0: Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing.
1: What's in the box?
0: On every order. Join the club today, and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooly and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really.
1: Tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare.